0: Today, my featured guest is Matthew Leonard. He's an international speaker, author, podcaster, and founder of Next Level Catholic Academy, an online community focused on teaching transformative, authentic Catholic spirituality. So for all my Protestant listeners out there right now, don't get scared because we use the word Catholic. It means universal. We're all Catholic, one body of Christ. We worship the same God. We just do it a little differently. So Matthew is an accomplished filmmaker. He has written, produced, directed, and hosted multiple best-selling Catholic video series, which have been translated into almost a dozen languages. Matthew is a convert to Catholicism and former missionary to Latin America, and is a frequent guest on radio and television. His podcast, The Art of Catholic, is heard in more than 180 countries around the world, Matthew holds a master in theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville and is the author of two books, Louder Than Words, The Arguing as a Catholic, and Prayer Works, Getting a Grip on Catholic Spirituality. He lives in Ohio with his wife Veronica and their six children. How Catholic is that? Six children. You can find him at MatthewSLeonard.com, Leonard. Matthew S- leonard.com. Matthew, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Oh, sure. Thanks for having me on, Joseph. Uh, what are the gaps in there? You know, you mentioned in the bio that I'm a, I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I was raised a, a pastor's kid, uh, which you know in the Protestant world is kind of a euphemism uh, for being a rebel <laughs> for, for the Protestant brothers and sisters out there. And certainly, uh, I had my own rebellious times in my life. But uh, through God's grace and mercy kind of drew me back into the faith. Not that I ever struggled too much or went too far away. I was always kind of one of those good kids, Mm -hmm. but you know, I did some stupid stuff and uh, the Lord, the Lord kind of got me in his tractor beam uh, finally in my mid twenties and and drew me to himself. And uh, I entered into a deeper relationship with him. And then eventually uh, migrated into uh, the Catholic Church as I was diving into things like the Church Fathers and, and different spiritual teachings, and uh, it's been a great journey. And I'm I'm excited about where the Lord's going to take me from here. Mm, so
0: good. So before we get really deep into the story of what God's been doing in your life and what He has next for you, take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Mm, um. My real father passed away when I was eight years old mm. and uh, he was much older than uh, my mom. And uh, he, before he had been married to my mom, he was a Hollywood actor and traveled all over the world and uh, performed vaudeville and kind of crazy high-speed roller skating acts in front of people like Hitler and the King and Queen of England and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff uh, like that. And I found old video footage of him black and white TV on British live television. And uh, he did a couple of Hollywood movies, one with Dennis Quaid back in the day, not things I would have my, uh, my kids watch. But uh, as a result of that, my brothers and sisters and I all did uh, commercials uh, when we were kids. And so we were kind of in and out of film sets. And my brother, Paul, was actually invited to be the lead guy on the movie Benji, the kid. And he turned it down because we were going on vacation. But uh, yeah, so I have this kind of a movie radio slash thing in my background that most people don't know about.
0: Mm, What an interesting background as far as your dad, right? And so many things get passed into us involuntarily from our fathers, right? Good things and sometimes not good things. Generational sins, right? Mm -hmm. Generational ignorance. And then really cool stuff like acting and film and media and just being, I'm guessing, a natural. You are for that. You're an international speaker, podcaster, you're know radio, television, all that. Um, Was there ever a point, just a curious question before we get into it. uh, Was there ever a point where you were uh, you had the stage fright, you had the fear, you were, uh, you know, public speaking fear called glossophobia, like the rest of the planet earth. Did you have any (laughs) of that? Or, or you were just like that little prodigy kid that's like, put me on stage. I love the lights. Uh,
1: no, I I mean, I I think I went through the butterflies, uh, just like everybody else does, or just about everybody else. Probably more so, you know, when you're in college, you have to go to those public speaking courses and stuff like that to make you gay. Uh, me too. I couldn't stand them. And so, yeah, I I would get nervous. Uh, These days, I mean, I've been doing it for so long uh, that sometimes there's a little bit of nervousness, but you know what I made a habit of doing uh, before I I go on stage anymore, uh, I make sure I spend time in prayer and I realize and remind myself that really all of this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And if I don't come off perfectly or whatever, so be it, uh, because it's not really my job. I prepare as much as I can. And if I know what I'm talking about, I don't have any nerves and I just kind of go up and do it.
0: I love that you do that. And BC nation, Burger Catholic nation, what Matthew said there is before he goes up and performs, which is a lot of pressure for all of us. Cause we all want to look good, be loved, accepted, etc. Before he performs, I'm gonna put my words to it. He does a quick surrender prayer. Before he goes up and he surrenders it to God and says, God, give me your words that these people need to hear, not mine. Remove me from it. May you be glorified. And when you do that, and I do that before I get on my podcast or I get on a stage, I do the exact same thing. It releases all that pressure of you have to perform perfectly. And it puts it all on God. The outcomes and results belong to God. And, and Matthew, thanks for just sharing that because I think that's powerful And a lot of us struggle with that perfectionism and that inner control freak. True absolutely. or true, sir. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We, we all do uh, to some degree. And, and once you can really surrender it over to the Lord, uh, the freedom that results as... Now that, again, it doesn't mean you don't put the work in ahead of time. I think there are too many people sometimes just like, well, it's all in God's hands. Uh, and so I'm just going to go do what I'm going to do. I don't think that's the case at all. I think in the Christian world, one of the things we need to realize is that work is involved and I think it's putting the time in plus giving it over to God. That's what leads to the transformation because we need to be professional. We need to be good at what we do and yet realize that everything we have and everything we do is nothing but pure gift from God and we are just channels or more to the point, St. Bernard says we're supposed to be reservoirs of the grace that God Uh, pours into us so that it's overflowing out of us.
0: I love that. And I use that with my coaching clients. You got to become a spiritual reservoir, meaning you got to put on the oxygen mask of God first, meaning you got to go spend time with him, get filled up by him and then pour into the lives of others. So many times, right, especially when we're saved, we're like, we want to run out there and start evangelizing the world. But we haven't had our wilderness experience and put in the time with God for him to fill us up. How do you relate to that or not relate to that? What do you want to say to that?
1: Oh, it, it's a given. Uh, you, you have to, uh, you, you have the little uh, phrase we have in Catholicism, you know, in order to evangelize, you must first be evangelized. And the whole phrase of the new evangelization that we kind of bandy about in the Catholic Church really starts not with other people, it starts with us. Because there's no way we're going to be able to do anything that's going to cause other people to turn and take notice of us unless we've already become this beacon of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and the only way that happens is through a, a deep life of prayer and spending time with the Lord and getting back to the whole idea of what you do before you go on stage or whether, whatever it is you do in life, if you're in front of people, whatever. It's almost like you have to spend way more time in preparation before Mm. you hit the stage. So how many hours of prayer and time with the Lord go into preparing before you go up and speak the truth in love? And you see this even in the life of Jesus Christ. I mean, 30 years, we don't know really what he did. Mm. And he had this three-year short ministry. And a lot of the spiritual giants talk about how this is preparation for the active life of Christ, but it first started with the contemplative life. And so we have to be contemplatives first that feeds our active life.
0: Mm, and for all the Protestants listening out there, all we mean by contemplative is you got to be that interior man or woman first before you become that active person. And Matthew, you probably know uh, my good buddy, John Pridmore, uh, you know, international, um, uh you know, Catholic evangelist as well. He was on the show a while back, etc. cetera. And he spoke about exactly what you just said. He said, Joseph, before I ever go up and give a talk, if it's a one hour talk, I spend two hours just sitting in God's presence. If it's a two hour talk, I spend three hours in God's presence. I always must spend more time being filled up by God before and I go and be active or speak God's word. So exactly what you're saying there. Really powerful, Matthew. I really want to uh, just shift the conversation here. People are struggling right now. You know, people are bunkered down in their homes. They're they're probably stir crazy at this point. I know you and I are itching to get out a little bit, be on stages, and and just really pour into others. But we can't make that contact right now, so we got to do everything virtually what are you seeing? You have this next level Catholic Academy and students and this whole virtual experience. What are you seeing come, coming up in that, in those conversations? What's the main narrative where that are struggling with right now in the, the Christian space? I think it's the,
1: you've already touched on, I think it's the lack of communion. Uh, you know, As a Catholic, I go to daily mass and it's a priority. We build our family schedule around when the masses are. And that's not just a, a gathering time physically with other people. It is, uh, it's also gathering together really in the body of Christ as we partake of, of our Lord. And so there's something intrinsically real to it. And th- this is what's weighing most heavily on my family. I'll speak to my family's uh, experience. We're not able to not just commune physically, but commune with our Lord in the way that, that, uh, we traditionally do on a daily basis. And what I've noticed is this obviously has a deep impact on our interpersonal relationships and all the rest of it, because we've been kind of cut off from this grace, so to speak. Mm. What's interesting though, is it's, it's increased my hunger uh, for the Lord, so having it kind of pulled away, you know what I feel like? I feel like the, the Jews, in a sense, when they when when Jerusalem fell and the Babylonians rolled in in 586 B.C. and they got sent off to Babylon, they didn't have the temple anymore, right? And the temple was the only place where sacrifice could be offered, and suddenly it was gone. So what did they turn to? They turned to Scripture and they turned to their prayer lives. And this is the thing that I think that a lot of Catholics are discovering right now, that while we're not in communion in the same way that we typically are through the Eucharist, we have uh, our prayer lives. and We can be joined to the body of Christ through through our intimacy with our Lord through prayer.
0: Mm, That's powerful. So what I'm hearing you say is really a lot of our active spiritual life has been cut off a lot of that good busy stuff we were doing and sometimes church could be busy work or groups, you know, Bible groups, all this other stuff can become busy work and we actually neglect the interior life. And and now you're saying, well, I think this is a great opportunity and not just an opportunity. People are recognizing the opportunity. Hey, let me spend some time with God. And someone said it pretty well. I thought, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Like why did God allow this pandemic? You know, it's like he removed, he didn't remove his presence, but our sense of his presence has been lifted and we were taking him for granted. Let's be real across all the churches. What do you want to say to that?
1: There's no doubt. I mean, we can fall into that rut at any point in time. I fall into that rut, uh, even just going to daily mass, you kind of get into the habit of, I say these same prayers, I'm going, I'm doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, as soon as it's gone, you're like, it's like that old Cinderella song, you know, don't know what you got till it's gone. And, and I I miss it terribly. I think that the other thing that really has kind of uh, been driven home to me is that, especially as a Catholic uh, obedience you know, our, our churches were shut down and all the rest of it. And there was some anger and there's some angst over this. And yet, look, my spiritual father said, this is what we're supposed to do. You can agree or disagree and this, that, and the other. And people see it with the government as well. It's not just with mm-hmm. bishops in the Catholic church and uh, maybe pastors in churches, but we're, we're obedient. We're supposed to be obedient to a degree. And I'm not the final arbiter of truth. I'm not the final arbiter of what happens or doesn't happen. And that's had a big impact on me. You kind of step back and you say, okay, God, you know, you're really in control and you're working through these channels. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to be obedient. And Jesus says, I desire obedience, not sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do what it is that I think I'm supposed to do as a Catholic dad of leading my family in devotions and watching mass online if we have to. Uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to acquiesce to this. And, and once you get to that point, going back to what you talked about previously, it's a surrender. It's not exactly the way that I want my life to go right now, but it's surrendering to what it is that the Lord is allowing to happen for his greater glory.
0: Mm, so powerful. And BC Nation, we just want to clarify the distinction between physical surrender like losing in battle or in a sport, which is a sign of weakness or you're a loser, right? We have a negative association to it versus spiritual surrender. And spiritual surrender is where you lay down your ego. You lay down yourself. You lay down your agenda and submit and surrender it to God's, to God's will. And when you do that, his strength now takes over. You become as C.S. Lewis says a little Jesus in your own life. Matthew Let's get personal for a moment. Where are you struggling right now? Like, if you're willing to just share and be real, because we're all struggling with something, like you're stuck at home, you got the six kids, your your wife and and your entire business model has shifted from speaking on stages, right? To now everything's virtual. Like, what's the, if you could point to one thing where you say, man, I'm really struggling in this area and wrestling, surrendering, or, or you know, to God, this thing that I just... I don't know. Maybe I just need to control. I know I have mine. What do you got?
1: You know, I think that every dad to some degree uh, is struggling with a work life balance. And I think that the situation we're dealing with now just has exacerbated that. And I'm, I'm finding that I've forgotten how to relax. Uh, and I'm just constantly on the go, uh, even though I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm just moving kind of at light speed all the time. And what I found is my, my loss of relaxation has shortened my fuse quite a bit. And my, my patience uh, evaporates very, very quickly. I mean, just to give you an example, Joseph, I wake up before all my kids every morning to try and uh, spend time with the Lord in a quiet house with six kids. That's hard. And it's still cold outside where I am. So I can't go outside. I'm in my living room. And my dog will come up and need to be taken outside. And I've just settled down, you know, to pray. And I, and it'll happen two or three times in a row. And I start to find myself getting all crazy. And you lose your peace. And all of a sudden, you know, like a peaceful, like a, a tranquil lake can reflect light appropriately. But within, when the waters get troubled, not so much, right? And so I'm constantly fighting against this troubled spirit that uh, I and, and trying to find that relaxation and peace. So then the Lord can speak to me. That's what I'm struggling with.
0: Mm. That's man. I get that. I really get that BC nation. I know you're listening right now, maybe uh, on your chair, or on your bed, and, and you're like, man, Matthew, that's me. That's exactly what I'm dealing with right now. I have a shorter fuse for some reason because I'm in containment, (laughs) you know, with all these humans I love deeply, but the ones closest to us know how to push out buttons the best, don't they? (laughs) Truly, Right. And, and BC nation, have you forgotten like Matthew's bringing up here courageously? Have you forgotten how to relax, how to just be still to be still and know that he is God. And you don't have to play God in your life anymore, right? Because that's what we're all up to. The devil's big lie is you could be like God, right? And we're all trying to play God in our own lives. We're little control freaks. Let's be honest about it. Let's be real, right? And I know I struggle with this big time. So Matthew, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you for your three tips Spiritual uh, strategies, spiritual insights for BC Nation right now. They're listening right now. you got their ears. They've forgotten how to relax. They've forgotten how to surrender. Or maybe nobody's ever taught them how to surrender to God spiritually. What are your three tips, str- uh, steps, just something practical they could do this week to really uh, grow in that inner spiritual life so that when we do come out of this pandemic they're a completely transformed human being and now can be in the active life even more powerfully what do you got
1: let me i'll I'll focus it around one and then i'll give you the the part b to it my biggest piece of advice is pray right it's pray and it sounds so simple but here's when, when saint paul talks about how we're supposed to pray constantly right how do we get there The only way that happens is if you set aside specific time for prayer, right? And so that's always the first thing that's tossed off of our to-do list. But let me take it a little bit next level. You cannot enter into a real life of prayer and establish a real relationship with our Lord unless you first clear away the debris that's in your life. And what do I mean by that? Practically speaking, what is it during this time that you're stuck at home? What are you reading? What are you looking at? What are you watching on TV? You know What, what are you doing on the web? Uh, because when you try and enter into a time of prayer with our Lord, and, uh, and you find yourself picking through all this garbage that's been dumped into your mind by all the other stuff that you're doing the rest of the day, you're not really entering into a relationship. You can't, you can't talk to God if you're trying to get rid of all the garbage that's in there. And so you realize that your time of prayer And recollection for prayer is not just in that time of prayer, it it extends to every aspect of your life because everything in our lives is supposed to be a preparation for that encounter with the divine. That's my biggest piece of advice. Take the time that you are using, that you have right now, and use it wisely so that your time of prayer with God is fruitful. So, you just added a a new
0: component to prayer that very few people speak about, in my opinion, which is Part of prayer or good prayer, which is communion with God, is preparation for prayer, clearing out what I call the skidooge in your life. It's such a fun word. The skidooge, the garbage, the trash, the junk, the distractions, all of it. Because if you don't, BC Nation, I think what Matthew's saying it, this would be like showing up with your spouse to spend on a date night. And showing up with your phone, your laptop, uh, you know, the books you're reading, the, the things you're writing, et cetera, and saying, okay, honey, go ahead, talk. Uh, I'm just going to stay busy on all this stuff. Like, would that be communion? Would that be connecting with the person you love most? Of course not. And Matthew's challenging you here and he's saying, this is how we're showing up to pray with God. We're showing up with all our junk rather than clearing it out first. So Matthew, how do we clear it out? What does that look like?
1: Well, my my understanding of this and how it kind of came about was when I really made a decision that I was going to dive deeply into prayer. uh, Because true confession, Joseph, when I first became Catholic 22 years ago, uh, I let my prayer life kind of slide for a while. Uh, I was so kind of overwhelmed with all the new things that I was discovering in the church that uh, I just wasn't spending the time that I needed to. And then I finally got my, I came back to my senses and said, okay, I really need to dive back into my prayer life and use all these graces that I'm getting now through the sacraments, et cetera. And I found that the hardest thing was recollecting myself, like checking everything in the door and just being still with God so that I could commune. And so I started to, um, start to pray in the car on the way to the adoration chapel in preparation for my time with God. And then I discovered that, you know what, maybe that's not enough. And I kept going backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards until you realize that every single thing you do in your day really has an impact on your time of prayer. And I'm certainly not perfect at this. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But you, you find If you, if you find yourself in prayer, and you're distracted by a particular thing constantly, more than likely, that's something you need to deal with uh, before you ever make it in. Or it's, a, it's something that's an obstacle in your life or has become a small idol in your life that you need to deal with. So it's not cutting you off. St. Teresa of Avila says it's actually a venial sin, so a, a small sin for our Protestant brothers and sisters doesn't cut you off from god but it damages your relationship with him it's a venial sin if you know there is something in your life that keeps distracting you from god and you don't deal with it and that was an eye-opener for me uh so recollection for prayer is not just for the time of prayer it's for your whole life Mm, so powerful and bc
0: nation man matthew leonard we're speaking with Uh, You can find him at nextlevelcatholicacademy.com, nextlevelcatholicacademy.com, and he's really challenging us to pray better, to pray better. And you're, listen, you're putting in the time. I know some of you are putting in the time with God, but when you start to pray, you're completely distracted and you never feel like you actually connect with God, right? Why not? You hear about other people doing it. You almost have prayer envy with them. It's like, well, how are they doing it? Right? People at your church you hear about and you just see this joy and on them and this peace of mind. And you're like, I want that. I want that. How do I get it? Matthew's teaching you how to get it. And he's saying, I'm going to put in my three steps here. He's saying, pray constantly. That means pray before you actually uh, set time aside to pray, pray before that prepare yourself to pray the way you do that, clear out your spiritual junk. Clear out your spiritual junk because it's in the way you're showing up to, to spend time with God with all this junk. You got to clear it out. God just wants you. He wants your heart. And Matthew, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to add my own little uh, extra to this. Tell me if you agree with this or not. When we pray and we don't feel connected with God and it's, over and over, in other words, it's on an ongoing basis, and we're kind of like sensing, am I doing it wrong? There's something wrong here. I'm not, I'm not feeling connected with God. Would you say that the number one reason or the number one thing that blocks that connection with God in our prayer lives is unforgiveness somewhere in our heart, somewhere in our life, and or unconfessed sin?
1: Yes. Uh, those certainly are major factors in it. Uh, two things I would kind of add as an addendum to that, Joseph. If, if it's not those two things, which 90% of the time it probably is, if it, you know, it, it's your own, it's obstacles of your own making uh, that are preventing you from moving toward God because God thirsts for us. Uh, he wants us more than we want him. So he's always coming toward us. If it's not those, it might be, Uh, that you are actually making progress in the spiritual life. And so you have moved into a time of aridity. And so actually you've been doing things the right way. And you're suddenly wondering why I don't feel the presence of God anymore. And that's because you've moved into a new time of relationship with Lord is starting to pull himself back from you so that you start seeking him not for the things you feel or the things that he gave you, but for who he is in and of himself. St. John of the Cross calls this the night of sense. And it, it, you don't have that sense, sensible presence of God in your life. He's still there. You just don't feel him the same way you did previously. Now, a lot of people who think that they're in this transition stage are actually dealing with what it is you brought up already. There are still things in their lives they need to deal with. And this is why you have to have great examinations of conscience uh, you know, on a daily basis what did I do right today? What did I do wrong? So that you can make active progress. And this is, I think, probably the biggest thing that, that a lot of people don't realize. We're not just supposed to exist in the spiritual life. We are supposed to progress in the spiritual life. Augustine says there are no plateaus, right? You're moving forward or you're sliding backward. So you have to constantly examine yourself to make sure those things that you mentioned aren't there. And then come. what else is there? What's keeping me from it? Or am I just starting to progress and and I'm not experiencing God the same way? And uh, that's a discernment process that everyone needs to be doing in their spiritual life.
0: Mm, Thank you for adding that in because that's critical. So BC Nation, just as a quick recap, um, is there someone that you're holding back forgiveness from in your life right now? Who is it? Maybe it's been five years. Maybe it's been 20 years. There's a broken relationship God wants restored first. You got to go clean that up. You just do. And it sucks. <laughs> the longer it's gone, the, the worse it is. But you got to rip off the band-aid and do it. And then is there an unconfessed sin? Listen, you can't be spending time with God, as Matthew's saying, right? And, and wanting to progress in your, your connection, relationship with God. But meanwhile, you're over here looking at porn every day. <laughs> this is not going to happen. <laughs> it's, right? It's just not going to happen. Like God wants you to like rip out that sin, uproot that sin, and maybe you're saying, well God, I'm coming to you to, to pray so that you can help me because I don't know how to stop the addiction, whatever the addiction is, so I'm coming to you. what do you mean I have to go and do the get rid of the addiction first
1: before I come to you see that's confusing matthew can you can you speak to that well it's always a both and right because God's grace is always acting upon us there's nothing that we do in- there's nothing literally nothing we do outside the grace of God and he always promises that he's going to give us the grace that we need to deal in any given situation and when we fall look you get back up again and you go on for Catholics we go to confession right and uh and we we say we're sorry and then we act it out and this kind of goes back to prayer what's the point of prayer it's what does relationship actually mean? It means that our lives are conformed to Christ, which means there's an action that takes place. So it's not just an existing with God and spending my quiet time. Prayer is always meant to lead to action because as, as Christ says in Matthew five forty eight, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So there's a progress toward this and God knows what you're dealing with. He knows the addictions that we have. He knows the struggles and the weaknesses that every one of us has And and so he's constantly giving us the graces. They're there. We just have to make an act of the will and actually use them. And just to piggyback on your your thought about forgiveness, sometimes you're not gonna be able to control what the other person does. So we have to make an act of the will and forgive that person in our own heart, even if we don't feel like it, right? There might be someone who wounded us deeply and you don't feel like forgiving them. The spiritual life isn't about feelings. The, The feelings come and go, right? but you make an act of the will and allow the Lord's grace to come in and start to heal the wounds in your own heart. And you can't control what the other person does. You can only control what you, what what is going on inside of you. And that's where you have to be faithful with, but realize it doesn't change overnight. It's a healing process.
0: Mm. BC nation, man, Matthew is dropping it here. Okay. Listen, 90% of us have, unforgiveness somewhere in our life still existing. I guarantee it. I do spiritual coaching. All my clients like they want to break through in this area with their business and grow in this area and all this stuff and they come to me and oh here's the results I want and then we look into their life and with like a microscope and I look for the unforgiveness right out the gate and there's always some kind of relationship that was broken, severed, whatever cut off and God wants it restored period and they have to do exactly what You just said, Matthew, they have to pick up the phone, even though they don't feel like it, reach out to the person, even though they don't feel it, they're waiting to feel the feelings of forgiveness before they take the action of forgiveness. And God says the opposite. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Meaning, BC Nation, God will forgive you in the exact measure that you forgive others. What? And we take that for granted, don't we? It's like, oh, I'm forgiven. Meanwhile, my brother over here is a piece of crap and I'm not talking to him anymore. That's not how it works. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. Matthew, thanks for going there, man. That's powerful. Okay. So we're speaking with Matthew Leonard. Uh, You can find him at nextlevelcatholicacademy.com, nextlevelcatholicacademy.com. If you're Protestant, don't be scared. He's your brother. (laughs) I'm your brother. All right. So Matthew, uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. You see what I did there? I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each of them. They're just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready, sir? Sure. All right, Matthew, what's your favorite thing about God?
1: His mercy. What's your least favorite thing about God? His mercy. (laughs) Got it. What are you most afraid of? Uh, failing as a father and having my children leave the faith. Mm, That's a deep one. What
0: did you spend way too much time doing in your (laughs) twenties?
1: Going to dance clubs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) That's pretty cool. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Mm, Exposure. Meaning? Oh, you never want them to see who you think you really are. Yeah. There's another term
0: for that. I think it's called imposter syndrome, right? Someday they may find out and see who I am and realize, I don't know what the heck I'm doing over here. (laughs) All right. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: Mm. That he doesn't want me just to be a Christian. That he wants me to be a son.
0: Mm. That is so powerful. I wish BC Nation for you to get what Matthew just said. Be a son, be a daughter. Don't just be a Christian. That's what God's waiting for. Matthew, what's a new habit you want to form?
1: I think I touched on it earlier. I want to, I want to be more patient, but I want to relax. <laughs> yeah, got it.
0: And what's a bad habit you want to break?
1: Oh, man. Overwork. Mm-hmm. I get that. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Sun. Uh focused. Zealous.
0: Mm, really good. Pick three words to describe who you are before
1: you spiritually surrendered your life to God. Oh man. Um immense self love. <laughs>
0: Now, the rest of the world would say, that's a great thing, Matthew, (laughs) self-love. It's all about self-love. Why was it not a great thing for you? Because
1: one thing you learn as you dive deeply into the spiritual life is that at the end of the day, uh, conforming yourself to Christ means getting rid of your own self-love. And I think this is exactly what Jesus is talking about when he says, you love God and you love others as much as you love yourself, because he knows that we love ourselves more than anything else. And we've got to strip ourselves of that so that we can put other people first.
0: Mm, That's so good. And and BC Nation, I just want to add to that because maybe you're confused with what Matthew just said, because I know I could easily get confused with that. That doesn't mean you don't love yourself, right? Truly, It means you surrender yourself, your ego, your personal agenda to God. And you spend time with him. And as you spend time with God, you come to know him. He comes to know you. And in doing so, you see the reflection of yourself in his eyes because you're made in his image and likeness. And you get filled up with self-love right there. So it's God pouring self-love in and you letting go of that fake manufactured self-love that we all create for ourselves. Would you agree, Matt?
1: Yeah. And it's putting, it's realizing your identity going back to that comment about being a son or a daughter. So my identity is that as a son of God. And so what that means is if I'm going to be part of the divine family, I have to love like the rest of the family, which means I give of myself to other people and put them first. And that's where I channel my love. Mm, So powerful.
0: Matthew, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having this deeper relationship with God? versus not just existing
1: as a Christian, like you said? Uh, Going back to something I said earlier, that you have to make progress and that prayer is always ordered toward action. And that if you're not making progress in the spiritual life, you're not moving toward the Lord. And we don't have two lives to live. You got one life. It's not here and there. It's just one life. And if we're headed toward a specific place, that means there is a path to get there and we need to be making progress down it.
0: Mm. Speaking of making progress in our spiritual lives, Matthew, you have something called Next Level Catholic Academy. Tell us about that and what's the action that my listener can take if they're interested?
1: Sure, it's, a, uh, it's an online membership platform that I basically teach uh, traditional Catholic spirituality is to lay out, because there are steps, literally. For Catholics, we talk about becoming saints. That's what it's all about, right? And so there are actual steps laid out by the spiritual giants of the church, and so I, I go through them. There are more than 70 video lessons up there in meditations and scripture passages and such, where I walk people through how to, what the saints say you need to do in order to become like them. And right now, uh, I'm offering a a free streaming of the first 15 lessons of this. And I I made it its own study. It's called Catholic Mysticism and the Beautiful Life of Grace. And it will show you how grace actually works in your life so that you can achieve that divine life for which each one of us was made. Or 2 Peter 1, 4 says, you become partakers of the divine nature of God. And you can sign up for that and jump into it for free, again, at nextlevelcatholicacademy.com. BC
0: Nation, don't be spiritually foolish and not go grab that right now. Go grab that. We're in pandemic. What else you got going on? (laughs) Netflix, right? Serious. If you're going to go online and look at stuff, go to Next Level Catholic Academy and watch these free videos Matthew's given you. I've seen his content. I've seen his videos. He's an international superstar in the space. They're good. They're engaging. You're going to love it. Sit down with your families and watch this. This is how you become the spiritual leader in your home. If you're a dad, or if you're a mom and a single mom, you know, bring your kids to this. This is what you want: progress, spiritual progress, uh, drawing closer to God. Matthew, any last uh, things you want to say or, or anything? Because you've been an awesome guest on this show, brother.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I, I, I thank you for having me on, and I'll just say again what we've been saying: you got to pray. That that that's what. What better way can you spend your time? This should be a pandemic of prayer right now. I'm going to have pan-demic? to put that on a t shirt.
0: <laughs> put that on a t shirt. A pandemic of prayer, BC Nation. Get it. Get it. All right, Matthew Leonard. Uh, you can find him at nextlevelcatholic. uh, nextlevelcatholicacademy.com. Next Level Catholic academy.com matthew thank you for being on broken catholic i wish you god's love peace and joy in your life my friend
1: right back at you joseph god bless you
0: god love you cheers have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked have you tried therapy have you tried coaching have you tried counseling christian counseling nothing's worked for you for your spouse you just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines?